<laughs> I'm full of it. <laughs> You found your way back to Making Sense of Pets, the podcast. We're your hosts. Veterinary technician Ryan Frazier. And I'm Becky Mosser. And Angie can't be with us today, but we are rolling on because the show must go on. And we have an incredible guest here to talk with us today instead, Dr. Katie Woodley. Dr. Katie, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Becky and Ryan. I really appreciate it. So we just want to take a second and give our our listeners a little background on you, Dr. Katie, the natural pet vet, who, you know, takes a little less conventional, but maybe more and more becoming conventional way of approaching medicine. So just give us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So my story started about 10 years ago um, as a conventional veterinarian fresh out of school And I went to New Zealand for veterinary school, which is accredited. So it's like going to the States. I'm originally from Colorado, but went to New Zealand. And when I came back with my Kiwi husband, he actually developed an autoimmune disease about six months after moving back. And going to the doctors was actually quite scary because you're told if anyone's ever had any autoimmune diseases, you can definitely relate. You're told that you're going to be on medications for life, and that's that. Like, that's your disease, that's your condition, and that's just how we treat it. And we felt really uncomfortable with that and figured there had to be some other way that people are approaching this disease. And as we started doing research, we found this whole other world of medicine. You can call it holistic, natural, naturopathic. There's a lot of different terminology for it. And we started realizing that you can use nutrition as medicine. There are certain supplements that can heal the gut lining. Essential oils can help. And it made me think, why am I not offering this to my own pet patients? And here I am dealing with chronic conditions, chronic diseases, things like cancer or chronic pain that gets so severe that I'm telling pet parents that there's nothing else that we can do and we just have to deal with it. And I wasn't okay with that. And so what I started doing is investigating more on the pet side of the natural world. And I became acupuncture certified. That was my first step in the practice I was working in, which was very conventional. And they would actually refer to it as voodoo medicine (laughs) as I would treat the patients and we would see neck pain disappear for patients that were about to be euthanized. And I'd be like, let's just try this. And it was incredible the results we were seeing. And as I started seeing more and more results, I started questioning more and more, is conventional the only treatment modality I really want to utilize? And then I started going down herbal medicine, became certified in Chinese herbal medicine, started looking at nutrition, so using nutrigenomics, food as medicine, looking at how can we incorporate essential oils safely and appropriately to to dogs and cats. And I ended up going from a couple different clinics because I felt like I wanted to integrate in the holistic world into a conventional, but I realized that I wanted more and I love the holistic side. So I created my own business, The Natural Pet Doctor, two years ago so that I could focus mainly on the holistic while integrating in by working with conventional doctors for the acute care. So things like uh, your x-rays, your surgeries, the things that I 
need to be done, but I didn't really enjoy doing. So partnering with those conventional vets so that the pet receives a well-rounded treatment protocol, preventative care plan. And I have not looked back and I love what I do. I get to help patients all over uh, through holistic medicine and it's been the best thing of my entire career. I think it's such a beautiful thing to follow your path and it's, it's, really hard, in my opinion, to identify the things maybe you do or don't love about something like veterinary medicine. And and I say that because most veterinarians have wanted to be a veterinarian since they were a kid. And I, I, not to speak for you, I didn't ask you that question, but um, a lot of work and time and energy goes into becoming a veterinarian and a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, you know, I always think about as a technician, if I invest two years and say, you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, if it's not the career of my dreams, I can sort of walk away um, and probably be okay. But once you've invested so much in becoming a veterinarian and then it's not like everything you thought it was going to be, we see a lot of trouble happen for our colleagues. But then you have this thing that happened for you that you were able to kind of look inside and say, I really like this and I don't love this and I have a way to make that work for me. And I think that's the biggest gift anybody can have in working, like in general, right? In any job you can have. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, you know, the story is, of course, longer than that and what we have time for. I was burned out. I was ready to quit being a vet. I was tired of telling people there's nothing more. I was tired of also pushback from colleagues. That is a big part of being an integrative veterinarian and with more of a holistic approach. It, you know, comes with the territory because we're not taught it in vet school. So it's a foreign territory. It's uncomfortable when you talk about real food or when you talk about essential oils is a big area where there's a lot of confusion and worry and stress. And so... Working alongside other veterinarians, part of my mission of what I do now is to showcase how we can work together. And not everyone's open to that, but it's where I had to go in order to stay being a veterinarian because I see the power of it, not only for my husband and his health, but I see it every day working with patients and they come to me. Because they were like my patients, I was telling there was nothing else. And they're looking for alternative ways, another way. They're out of options. And there's no hope. They have no hope. And we're able to say, you know what? There's another way. Let me help you. Let me guide you. Let me show you the path. And the neat thing is, is we don't have to give up on conventional. There is always a place for that. But let's look at this from a different perspective and figure out why something happened versus just treating symptoms. I absolutely love that. I think that that is just something that we can add into veterinary med. Um, Like thinking about my own dog, when he was having neck pain, um, we they recommended going to surgery and with his heart and his age, we thought that surgery probably wouldn't be the best for him. So we got the holistic approach in and we did acupuncture and then added mushrooms to his diet. And he did great for years after that. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately I've gone down this path, you know, as Ryan, you can relate and Becky, as we were in the vet profession, we tend to find the animals that end up having weird conditions. And, you know, I've had three pets now in the past five years with cancer. And my latest pet, who was our sole pup, Finn, he developed a brain tumor 
it's been almost a year since he's passed, but when he originally started having seizures, that's how it showed up. You know, we went the conventional route. We did the CT scan. We diagnosed the brain tumor. He went on prednisone for the brain swelling and the seizure medications and looked at doing surgery and radiation therapy, and he wasn't a good candidate for it. And he did horrible on the drugs. He got so sick. He stopped eating, vomiting, diarrhea, couldn't walk, and it wasn't a way of life. We would have had to put him down. But I was able to say, you know what? I'm going to try the things that I have in my toolbox, and if it works, it works. And we were able to give him 11 more months of an amazing quality of life by utilizing and integrating in holistic medicine. And so seeing that, I see it with my patients, but seeing it firsthand every day with how Finn, no one knew Finn had a brain tumor because he was a, he looked happy and healthy. I knew he wasn't internally because of the brain tumor, but no one had any idea he had cancer because his quality of life was so good. I think, I think it's such an important thing for clients and owners when you talk about, you know, from our side, the veterinary side, coming to a, a, you know, a dead end and not having to go to that dead end. So for clients, for our pet owners, what is the, what, how do they hear this might be a time for an alternative? And what do they do? How do they ask their regular veterinarian for these more conventional or less conventional options? So, for example, you know, you go to your veterinarian and they say, well, here's these pain pills and here's this and this. And you're like, well, is there anything else we can do? And they say, no, it's really how we deal with this. Mm. Or they want to do surgery. Um, how, How does that conversation go? What do we do next? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and it can be really, really hard for pet parents and also for the veterinarian, too, because I can relate to this. Being on that other side of the table before I realized there was another way, I remember saying there's nothing more you can do or being like, I don't know if that's going to harm your pet and being unsure. So I think if you are a pet parent and you are in that position where you're either facing you know, a back surgery or a neck surgery or you're worried about the side effects of the drugs, I think the biggest thing that I would say for those pet parents is do your research. Of course, Google has a lot of information that's not always correct, as we know. Dr. Google isn't always correct. So going to the associations where holistic veterinarians live, so like the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, AHVMA. Dot org, looking at the information there, the research articles, going to PubMed, looking up like herbal medicine for pain, printing out those articles, bringing them to your vet, showing that you are looking at other alternatives and having an open conversation. Now, if your vet doesn't feel comfortable, which they may not, because once again, we're not taught this in vet school, then ask them, would you feel comfortable working alongside an integrative or a holistic veterinarian so that I can get all sides of the story. Because when I partner with those vets, and this goes along with I know a lot of the holistic veterinarians out there, we love educating and talking through the cases and sending them the records of what we're doing. And if they ask questions, you know, talking through that, why are we using these herbs? What does it do? Can you use it alongside your non-steroidals? So I think making sure your vet is open to that. Because if you feel like you're put into a corner as a pet parent and your vet's not open to it, 
then I would say, unfortunately, you're probably better off finding a veterinarian that has a more open mind to at least learning and partnering with another veterinarian rather than knowing that your vet's completely against it and you're going to do it anyways because that's worst case scenario is you decide, you know what, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to start implementing all these supplements and you could potentially cause adverse reactions, especially if your pet's going through chemotherapy, on other medications. So I think the biggest thing is, is have a conversation. It's going to probably be a little awkward, but go to those websites, the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies, CIVT, look at what's there that's being produced by veterinarians that are doing the research, that have the background, that have the training. So that way, that's the information you're bringing to your veterinarian versus saying, like, I found this blog post on Google. And your vet goes, well, that that's just from some person that may not know what they're doing and that could lead to harm. And then they get their backup. Yeah. What an, what an incredible, empowering way to go about it. And if I think about it for myself, if I want uh, – I'm going to stand up for myself, right? I'm going to advocate for myself if I, if I think I need a specialist. And so I think it's the, the same thing we need to do on the other side for our, our pets. So, okay, we have a veterinarian who's like, I'm not super comfortable with that. I don't really know. But if you find one, if it's something you want to do, super. Tell us a little bit about, I guess when I think about integrative medicine, I think it's very specialized, right? Like you can go to an acupuncturist, you can go to, so how do we find somebody who can kind of cover all of that? And we say, okay, here's what we're doing in conventional medicine, but here's my, oh, I don't know, fat pit bull with an ACL tear, (laughs) super hypothetically, um, what is the total package? How do we go about that? How do we get the whole thing all together? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's where, you know, it is specialized. And when I look at, there's so many different modalities within holistic medicine itself that, you know, I I don't even do or know about. And so that's, you have Reiki, you have energy healing, you have ozone therapy. There's all sorts of different options. So usually what you find, like, and if you're new to holistic medicine or you're just looking for other options, I would look for maybe like an integrative veterinarian. Um, but when you go to those websites I mentioned, so CIVT.org or AHVMA.org, and you can actually search via zip code and you can actually see what are these veterinarians trained in? What were their specialties? Did they do just an acupuncture training? Where did they get their training? Did they go through herbal medicine training? And then that way you can know that, okay, I really want to focus on herbs or I want to go down the path of essential oils. So that way you can also reach out to those different veterinarians and see, do they offer, you know, telehealth support? Also, if they're not in your area, that's a common thing that's becoming a lot more common during this time. And you can get more information so you can make an informed decision on whether what you believe is in line with what you want for your pets because there's a lot of us doing a lot of different things and for myself like I love essential oils I love nutrition I certified in Chinese herbal medicine acupuncture so I look at the supplements also so it's a well-rounded approach but if someone wants ozone therapy I don't do ozone therapy so then I would refer them to another holistic practitioner that does that 
right. I I keep on hearing you talk about essential oils, and I'm so intrigued by that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is like one of the scariest topics for pet parents and also for veterinarians, because when we see the the toxicity, right, and the side effects and all the adverse reactions online, it's we're worried, right? We don't want to give something that is going to cause harm to our pets. However, with essential oils, the thing is, is that when you use them appropriately with the right doses and you're using the companies that are pure, they're organic, they're non-adulterated, they don't have synthetic ingredients, that's where we've unlocked an amazing modality of healing our pets and helping because who's ever had a cat that doesn't want to eat something, right? Cats are notorious <laughs> for being picky, not wanting to eat the supplements. Herbs are, can be really hard to get into cats. You're, if you're using things like CBD, there's all sorts of different things that cats just don't want to eat or take in but could help their health. With essential oils, the power is not only can we use them as a diffuser, so we can diffuse essential oils in an open room where they can come and go with less, because remember, essential oils are very concentrated, so we don't need a lot of them. And that's where a lot of people look at, oh, well, more is better, right? No, not with essential oils. And then we can also use them topically in dilutions. So that's where having a background and education in essential oils and knowing what brands are safe, where to provide good information for pet parents so that they're not causing harm. It just, it gives us another option that we can use alongside acupuncture. We can use alongside herbal medicine and supplements and food therapy. So that's, I love essential oils. And when we're healing the body from the inside out, and then the inside, so the outside in and the inside out, it's, we can achieve so much for our pets. That's so awesome. There are certain brands of essential oils that are not safe, right? And there are some concerns. So point us where we go for safe learning, because obviously Dr. Katie and Leslie, you want to start a brand new podcast with us and we can do this weekly. We cannot absorb all your information today. <laughs> so um, I know there's a lot of great resources out there, and I know there's some really good brands that are really well-trusted. So when it comes to essential oils, where do you point people? Yeah, so what I'm looking at is I'm always – we need to be looking at how are the essential oils being produced. Usually if you walk into a grocery store or say like if you're in the States, Bed Bath & Beyond, and you see the essential oils sitting there, those are not – good essential oils like that's just a fact they most likely have synthetic ingredients like lavender essential oils is one of the most adulterated synthetic essential oils out there and it's one of the most commonly used so people grab that for like anxiety and they're diffusing it and all of a sudden your cat's like not acting right and it's because we use the wrong type so a great resource and we have a lot of resources so on I write a lot of blogs and do a YouTube channel too. So we have some essential oil resources on how to use those safely. So at the naturalpetdoctor.com, you can go check those out. 
Also on our Facebook group and Instagram, I do a lot of posts about essential oils because I love talking about them. But Dr. Melissa Shelton, who is with Animal EO, is another veterinarian, and that's all she does for is essential oils for pets, and she has her own line, and she does not have side effects when you use them according to her directions. And she's been doing it for a really long time. She actually started from Young Living, and so Young Living is one of the companies that I recommend quite a bit for clients if they want to start down that path, and then they can use the essential oils for themselves too. And those oils tend to be more concentrated, so we use dilutions for pets. Um, So that's something that people can check out. If they want more information, they can always send an email to me at the Natural Pet Doctor. Um, But your Young Living, your Animal EO, doTERRA is another company that was kind of like an offshoot of Young Living that has safe essential oils for pets. So there's those three. There's more companies than like other than that that are good essential oils, but those are the three that I tend to focus on that are really common essential oil brands out there, especially for people too that pet parents can also use safely for their pets when they're using them safely at the right doses. Because remember, we can take a safe essential oil, and if you give your pet, like, you, we call it applying it neat, and that means not diluting it. So if you take 10 drops and drop them all onto your cat, and you use something like a lemon essential oil, or oregano or a hot essential oil, you are going to get problems, even if that is a good brand. The poisons in the dose, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's, it makes a lot of sense. Wow. You know, it's empowering. Now, okay, I'm a little embarrassed, so don't make fun of me. But I was, I was going to use lavender as an example because I have a lavender hand sanitizer and I know it's not amazing real lavender, but I can say it smells better than most of them out there. And I do find when I've got my, my pup in the truck and I spray it, I do feel like she calms down. I know I calm down. You know, I know this, even if it is placebo at this effect, but I know the smell of lavender um, does kind of, does kind of have a, a relaxing effect. It is really amazing how some of these, these things can work and can work so quickly. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of eucalyptus for stuffy noses with my husband who's always stuffy. And I, and I just think about how many options are out there that we can use and I think for pet parents, it's helpful because it gives you something you feel like you're doing on a regular basis to be empowered with caring for your pet, right? Like, especially in these more like terminal or hospice cases, like the worst thing to be told is there's nothing left to do. Well, okay, can we at least make them comfortable then? Like, what does that look like? Maybe we can't turn the clocks. Maybe we can't reverse the condition, but can we make things better from a comfort standpoint. And we know that when it comes to a lot of these modalities, that's it's all about the comfort, right? It's not about a cure. Would that be like a good way of saying it? Yes, definitely. I mean, that's, you know, I see, unfortunately, I see, and this is where the conversation has to flip to preventative medicine too. That's really important. And it's, it's a harder conversation, right? Because we're not in pain at that point. We're not watching a pet, our pet, our precious fur family, suffer or feel sick. And so we tend to think everything is fine. 
But the things that we're doing right now may be inching that pet forward towards that condition, towards that disease we can name. If you have a dog that vomits in the morning or you have a cat that vomits routinely, that's not normal. That can lead to diseases like inflammatory bowel disease. So that's where we can look at you know, what are we feeding them? How can we help if they have nausea using more natural remedies versus a drug that blocks a receptor that can lead to potential side effects? And we can start with those first. And a lot of times when we're looking for that root cause versus, okay, my cat vomits, how do I treat vomiting versus the quest- the better question of why did the vomiting occur? Is there something in that food that may be triggering a food sensitivity? that we need to change or is that pet on the most, you know, biologically appropriate diet? And then the other thing is too, back to the conversation with essential oils and like terminal cases, you know, if we have cancer patients and cancer is a lot of, I have a lot of cancer patients and the goal is how can we keep them from feeling sick for as long as possible? Keep the best quality of life and that's where your essential oils, your anti-inflammatory essential oils like copaiba, using ginger for nausea. Like we forget that we have these natural remedies and a lot of our drugs came from plant therapies. And when we start integrating that into our, our toolkit, we don't need the serenia. Or we don't need those drugs that reduce stomach acid and can lead to other issues. And we're supporting digestive health so that that pet actually feels a little bit better, even though they still have technically cancer and that condition. It makes me think about the commercial for for those anti-nausea and anti-acid <laughs> tablets where they're like, hey, are you about to stuff your face with pizza and hot dogs? <laughs> No, don't do yourself. That. And I'm like, but or or let's don't like yeah, it's just so don't eat it's, it. <laughs> yeah, why are you maybe, doing that? Like since you completely identified the cause of why you're about to feel horrible, uh, you know, it says the girl who rocks hangovers every now and then too. So I mean, I get it, I get it. It just, it just. But you're absolutely right. Like you're saying, the idea of looking at what's underlying. Yep, it's asking those better questions, and I think that's something like I. I want that to change for vet vet schools, right? You know, yeah. we learn acute care. We learn how to, what is this disease? What is the disease process? What are the treatment options for that disease? And we learn about preventative medicine, right? We learn about vaccines. And I mean, we could go down that entire path of vaccine titers and like all of that information. But like, why, why aren't we asking what are the things that we can do to support that pet's health? Yeah, we talk about obesity, you know, over 60% of pets are are or will be overweight at some point. We talk about, especially this month, dental health, you know, but why why aren't we saying, like, this is what you can do now to prevent disease, to optimize your pet's immune system, to optimize your pet's gut health, to optimize their emotional health? What is going on in the environment? Do you have Glade plug-in diffusers that are emitting a synthetic toxin? Those are the conversations that we should be having with pet parents, learning as a vet student, because when we do that, we will reduce the amount of disease that is present in our pets. 
and pets will live longer. Like, we don't need to be afraid that we're going to have no more patients because there's no more disease. There will always be disease, right? Right. But we can treat them for a longer period of time by focusing on this amazing vitality that they have. Our pets are living to be 19, 20 years old, and they feel great. And that's what brings people back to you because they trust and value the information that you're giving them because the core root of why we're saying what, we are, what we're giving to them, giving to pet parents, is that we want your pet to be healthy. We want them to not be on medications. We want them to live to be 20 years old and run and greet you at the door every morning. That's the goal. I think we can just wrap it up here and cut everything else out and just leave that part because that's exactly I, what this whole episode should be about. I was thinking that. I was like, <laughs> boom, like boom, mic drop. Mic drop, mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. But, you know, it made me think about the, the caveat there, right, is from the beginning. Like we shouldn't be talking about these therapies when it comes to hospice and we have no choice. Maybe what we the message to the pet parents is you get that new puppy, you get that new kitten, start talking integrative medicine in the beginning, start making sure that nutrition is in line in the beginning, make sure you're, you know, chiropractic, acupuncture, alternatives for allergies, whatever it is, like we need to do this earlier and not as a last resort. Exactly. Yep. That's that's the key. And that's and like I said a little while ago, I mean, that's the hard part because it's just like us, right? You're you're like, oh, I could eat that pizza and take that pill, right? But <laughs> what about if you just decided to eat healthier and maintain your health, but we don't feel the pain of it, right? It's not instantaneous. And that's the hard part with our pets. They look healthy until the day they're not. And then you're yeah. on that backpedal, backtracking, trying to clum- climb back up the cliff that you fell off of. And it's really difficult. That's yeah. what, you know, going through that with autoimmune disease in my husband it sucks like you know we are in a much better place and have avoided a lot of those drugs because of what we do in our normal daily life and our lifestyle and what we eat but it would be so much better to prevent that in the first place and it all it takes is one day one day and the the like the flip is switched and now you have an autoimmune disease and it's like my dog finn you know one day he had a seizure and i was like dang it like, yeah. I oh, wish yeah. as a puppy I had utilized the things I knew, but I didn't know them at the time. So I also have to give myself grace. But our next puppy will be very different. Yeah, you have the opportunity. And I think about, you know, I think I just put like a post the other day that was like, I'm an adult. I can eat what I want. And I really wish that wasn't the case. Like, you know, it's like a funny kind of a funny post about like if somebody was more responsible for my diet than I am, I probably would have a much healthier diet. But that's our opportunity with our pets, right? Like if we think about, man, I wish I had somebody who made me go to the gym or made me eat right. Like that's who we are for our pets, no matter dog, cat, avian, lizard, anything. So we have the opportunity to give them that really healthy, holistic lifestyle that we wish somebody would give us, you know, and and hang up that phone when we pick it up for pizza delivery. (laughs) We can can do that for our pets. So that's empowering. Yes. Yes. And, I, you know, I think the thing is, too, and it's just, like, for human health, too, it's it's easier said than done. Like, the things I'm saying are not – it's a lifestyle. And yeah. as we know, it takes a long time to create habits and the routines and 
You know, it's not easy cooking for your your pet if you're not used to that or if you're not used to cooking for yourself. And so there can be a lot of big lifestyle changes that have to happen or, you know, giving supplements. Some people are like, well, I don't want to give anything. I just want to, like, pour the kibble into the, the dog bowl. And that's okay. But we also have to understand, like, if something happens and we want to fix it, you may have to do some of these other things in order to get the results that you really want. Makes me think how much I hate when I hear people say, like, cats are low maintenance. No. <laughs> right? Right, no, right, right. Not. <laughs> exactly, right? So it always makes me think about the fact that, like, we're not here to have low maintenance pets. We're not here to have convenience pets. It's not what pets are about, is like selfishly consuming their um, companionship without expecting to give. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, why do we have pets, right? They give us unconditional love. We want them. Whenever we lose a pet, you're like, why? They didn't live long enough. So let's give them the gift of longevity. That's what we can do for them by looking at what can I do to optimize their health now so they stay healthy. And it's that is the power we have within ourselves. And there's the tools that are out there now. There's a a lot of us that are advocating for a different way. And the old way is still, like, necessary, the conventional medicine. We can't get rid of that. Like, if your dog gets hit by a car, you need to go to the (laughs) ER, please. Like, I'm not going to treat it with acupuncture. Like, that's just a reality. And But there's things that we can do now from day one that will make the world of a difference to optimize your pet's health. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's beautiful. That's a beautiful sentiment. And I think that's, you're absolutely right. Let's start it earlier for pets and let's start it earlier for our, our veterinarians and our care teams. Right. And be open to it too, as a vet professional. Yeah. I think yes. that's, that's yes. one of the saddest things that I see is that when an owner wants to bring holistic medicine into the picture, the whole team is cracking up about it and laughing know. about it. And it's so yes, sad. It is. And I, you know, that's, part of the hard thing too and being very vocal about what I do on social media blog posts webinars you know I I get that every day and I got that in the vet clinic and that's part of the reason it's not the sole reason why I left working in a conventional clinic that didn't believe in it it's very difficult to find that your patients are being taken off of their herbs without you being told And clients are being told this doesn't work. It doesn't help them. And there's no conversation happening. And I, the thing is too, as a veterinarian, if there's a vet listening to this and you're like, oh, this lady's full of it. The thing is your client will leave you. You are losing clients. People are wanting a more holistic approach. So whether or not you believe in it. You know, Ryan, I agree. Have an open mind. Say, you know, I don't know anything about this. I'm skeptical. But you know what? If you want to work with that person, let's partner together. I I want the best for Fluffy. And, you know, don't roll your eyes. Don't laugh. I see it all the time because clients come to me because that's what happened to them. And that needs to change or else those people doing that are going to lose a lot more clients. Exactly. 
Yeah, such a good point. Such a good point because you're going to go find the the veterinarian who's going to give you the care that you're looking to receive. So, and, and we're using these modalities for ourselves. We're going to be looking for them for our pets. I say acupuncture for literally everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, you open your mouth with a condition. I'm like, have you tried acupuncture? <laughs> and it's, it's truly because I've had acupuncture and I went to acupuncture with no – expectations. I didn't have anything wrong with me that I was there to treat. I just wanted to try it, which was the best because I wasn't looking for a certain outcome. Um, I believe really fully in those in those opportunities to, um, you know, and again, I think it's really pet parent inclusive. And I think that's really important because I think we we have more hands on pet owners than ever. So, um, you know, I think we're I think we're lucky to have veterinarians like you willing to break the mold and then come out here and talk about it. Being someone who is, you know, have had a million eyes rolled at them or, you know, laughed at because of it. But what you know is it works. And so you stand by it. And, and thank you for being able to take that stand, being willing to take that stand, because um, we believe in you. We believe in what you're doing and we believe a pet parents need it. So we I know I'm super grateful you took the time to have this conversation with us today. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, you know, it's it'll change. Like, yeah. it is changing, and we're seeing a change. And we're seeing a change in the way pet parents think and what they want for their pets. And so we need to step up to the plate as a profession and work together so that way we're all in it for the health of the pet. And if yeah. there was something where holistic medicine was causing harm, you know, I wouldn't be doing it. And right. that's the thing. Like I, I took an oath to protect right. pets and help them and, you know, optimize health. And I think as as more and more people get into the realm, realizing that something has to change with their own health, they'll want the same for their pets, just like you said, Becky. And it's it's a movement and it's a slow movement and it's a hard movement, yeah. but it's a movement in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And we're behind it. We're behind you. So thank you again so much. And and Dr. Katie, one more time, where do they find your blogs and your YouTube pages? Yeah, thanks for having me once again. I really, truly appreciate you spreading the word about holistic medicine. And pet parents can find me at thenaturalpetdoctor.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at The Natural Pet Doctor. And we also have a YouTube channel the natural pet doctor. So pretty much easy to find if you just type in the natural pet doctor. I'll also link us up on our Instagram and Facebook page. Uh, You can find us on making sense of pets on both of those platforms. That's perfect. I know what I'm going to do for the rest of the afternoon. I'm going to be checking out Dr. Katie's YouTube page, watching all those videos. And we want to see on social media pictures of your pets getting alternative therapies. Tell us the veterinarian you love who helps take care of your pet outside of the the conventional lines. Um, you know, like Ryan said, you can find us on social media. And then to listen to our pet. Their Angie's gone, so someone has to you do You got to do Angie's part. Are you up for this? I don't know. You know um, Angie's part. Should I try to say it like Angie? Say it just like uh, Angie. You can, I can't do it. You can find it on your all of the listening platforms. <laughs> like and subscribe today.